All right, you ready for the word? Yeah. All right, we're in this uh, sermon series called Moving Forward in Hope. And last uh, Sunday, I preached out of Romans 5, the first few verses, about how to move forward in hope. And there was like nine things that Paul teaches us in, the, in those verses from Romans about moving forward in hope. And uh, one of those is to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. He goes on and talks about rejoicing in afflictions because that causes endurance and endurance causes proven character and, and proven character results in hopes. Remember that, all the, that, that whole thing? Well, we've got to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And we talked about how, I'm going to give a little refreshing here. We talked about how that hope of the glory of God, it, it means several things. It does mean heaven. We have a hope for heaven. We, that is, and, and remember, hope is not a wishing thing. It's not a wish. It's not a hope so mentality. It's it's certainty. It's faith for the future. It's literally what it is. And so we have hope in participating of all the glories of heaven. But but there was a sharing. Listen, there was a sharing in the glory of God now. So I really, even as I was preaching last week, it's amazing some things what's going on in my mind as I'm as I as I'm preaching. By the way, speaking of preaching and preachers, we got the, the Stevens pastor from when they were in Virginia. Would you introduce them to the congregation, please? I I, I want to make sure we do that. They're from Virginia. Thank you guys for being here. God's blessing on you. But you know, sometimes when you're preaching. You know, stuff comes to your mind. And a lot of that in the anointing, you know, God brings stuff in every sermon that you hadn't thought of. And it's like, oh, wow, I wasn't planning on saying that, but wow, thank you, Lord, I'll preach that. Uh, but sometimes it's like last week I was feeling I need to do another sermon to, to go more in depth in this on, on, the, on the hope of glory. So I'm preaching on the hope of glory today. And the Greek word translated glory here is doxa, from which we get the word like the doxology that we sing. And it means this, splendor, brightness, magnificence, preeminence, majesty. It's really the outshining of the holy character of God. It's the outshining, the revelation of the, the, the attributes and character of God. Yes, and now listen, yes, 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 heaven will be filled with the glory of God. But we can enter into a measure of that glory here on earth. We entered into some of that today. In the manifest presence of God is another way of saying of the glory of God. When we as a church gather together and he shows up in our midst, we, we are entering into a measure of that glory. But even more than that, there's a third thing. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.12 says, Live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Now, it, God calling us into his kingdom is not just when we get to heaven. We need to seek first his kingdom now, right? We need to seek his rule and reign now. We need to seek to be under his lordship now. And we need to enter into his glory now. And so when Paul speaks of sharing God's glory, it means that we will share in the likeness of God. Now remember, we are not God. We never will be God. Anybody show up and tell you they're God? Uh, chances are they're not. But what he's saying here is that we should be, coming more, be, be becoming more and more like Jesus every day. The Amplified Version of 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this. All of us. Can you say all of us? All of us. Does all of us include you? Yes. yes, it does. All of us with unveiled face, reholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transformed 
into his very own image from glory, doxa, to glory, doxa, in ever-increasing splendor, from one degree of glory to another, by the Spirit of the Lord. The hope of glory that we rejoice in is in heaven, thank God, but it's not just in heaven. We are rejoicing in the fact that God is making us more and more like him from glory to glory, from faith to faith, every single day of our lives. Now listen, I want, you to get, I want you to listen real close to me, really, really, really close to me right now. Everybody listening? Yes. You listening online? Yes. All right, thank you for answering for them. <laughs> I, I, want, I want you to get this because this, this is the gist of my message, and this might be new to you, and I, I want to make sure you get this. I want, you, I want to make sure you get this because sometimes we only preach the cross and kind of leave out resurrection, Now, I'm not talking about an Easter Sunday message. I'm talking about an everyday living message. Now, I want you to get this down because we need the cross and the resurrection. The resurrection would not have happened without the cross. So it was dependent upon it. But, you see, thank God Jesus died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. But he rose again. And see, we've got to understand resurrection, life, and power. That same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and it quickens your mortal body. And so the the cross is about forgiveness. The resurrection is about resurrection, life, and power. And sometimes we think of Jesus resurrected and ascended into heaven. But rejoicing in the hope of glory of God is rejoicing in the fact that Jesus Christ in all his resurrection, life, and power is living in us right now. You've got to get this. Colossians 1:27 says God has chosen to make known among the Gent- God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery in the New Testament a mystery is something that wasn't was not understood in the past but now it has been made known through Jesus Christ Here's the mystery Christ in you the hope of glory Christ in you is the hope of glory Christ in you is the hope of heaven. Christ in you, in all of us when we gather together, Jesus said when two or three are gathered together, there I am, I am in you, that's the hope of glory. And it's also the hope of glorious change in our lives every day. And so Paul, we kind of get the sum of Paul's preaching here in this verse. He preaches Christ. He, He said, I preach Christ and him crucified. That's the message. He's the only Savior. He's the only way of salvation. He proclaims Jesus as being in them or in us. And he presents this indwelling Christ as the hope of glory. No one can have the hope of glory without the cross of Christ and without the resurrection of Christ where he now lives in us and and, and sanctifies us uh, by his Spirit. So this isn't just hope for heaven one day. Thank God for that, as great as that is. But it's actually also sharing in the hope of glory now. It's not either or, it's both then. You get it? You get it? It's both. It's both and. And the key to all of that sharing of glory is Christ in you. Christ in you. Christ in you is the hope of glory. And now listen, the glory of Christ in us is God's goal. It's God's goal. It's God's purpose. Romans talked about that, that, you know, we, we sang it today in Romans 8, 28. We pretty much sang it for, for God works all things together for good for them who love God and are called according to his purpose. But it goes on and says that you are predestined 
to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. This is your destiny. This is God's goal for us. Uh, Hebrews 2.10 says it this way. It was fitting for him, Jesus, for whom are all things and through whom all are things. Are all things. You get this down. Everything is for him. Everything is to him. Everything is from him. Everything is through him. It was fitting for that, for him, to lead many children into glory. God's goal is to have many children and not just to have any kind of children, to have children that become like the one, become like the son, become like Jesus Christ, come ever increasingly into his glory. That happens, first of all, that starts the beginning place is being born again through faith in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 3, 16 and 17 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Paul is praying that Christ would dwell in us. Many people kind of put down any kind of prayers or prayers of believing, to, of leading people in a prayer to accept Jesus Christ as Savior. But here Paul is praying for people, saying that I'm praying for you that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. Christ dwelling in us happens through faith. When we place our faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross and his resurrection power, we are born again and Christ now lives in us. Christ in us is everything in the Christian life. In fact, Christ in us is the proof of the Christian life. Romans 8, 9 and 10 says, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. For if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. Woo! That is good news today. Christ in us. Not only is it the proof of Christian life, it's the way to be fruitful in life. Now, you got to get this. So, yeah, you are saved. You got Jesus in you. Some people stop there, stop at the cross. I got it. I got forgiven. I got saved. That's it. But Christ is the way to be fruitful in the Christian life. Uh, uh, John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing? No wonder you're trying so hard and it ain't working. Apart from him, you're trying harder in your own strength. You're trying harder in your own wisdom. Apart from him, you can do nothing. This verse is the proof to us that Christ in us is the key to the Christian life. Apart from him, we can do nothing. But through him, thank God, we can do all things. And many of us are not fruitful. We're not seemingly accomplishing anything, anything in life because we do not know who Christ is in us. We know who he is in the Bible. We know who he is in heaven. We know who he was for the disciples. But do you know who he is in you? And too many Christians are trying to live the Christian life in their own strength. They give it their best. They, give, they work hard, but their hard work doesn't seem to play off. So what do they do? They just keep trying harder. They try and fail. They try harder and they fall harder. But self-sufficiency will never get you very far in the Christian life. Trying harder in your own strength will not get you very far. Trying to exceed, succeed on your own apart from Christ will not get you very far. What a tragedy to try to live in our own strength when we have all the power of God living in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. 
We cannot save ourselves by our own strength. We cannot make ourselves righteous by our own strength. We cannot overcome temptation in our own strength. We cannot overcome the devil in our own strength. We cannot change ourselves in our own strength. In fact, the best you can do, you can't change yourself. The best you can do is maybe rearrange rearrange stuff. It's like my wife wants to do around the house. If I can't get something new, I'm going to move it. I'm going to move stuff. We're going to move it from there. Wait, we used to have it over there. Well, it's going back over there now. And that's what some people are doing in their life, moving that couch from here to there, moving that TV from here to there. You're not really changing. You just rearrange it. Listen, you need something greater than yourself. You can't free yourself. You keep on going with your own self. You're just going to continue to be yourself. You need something greater than yourself. You need the supernatural power of God. You need to learn how to tap into the power of Christ in you, the hope of glory. We all need power greater than our own, and that power is Christ in us. That hope of glory, listen, is the hope of change. It's the hope of transformation. Thank God that he sent Jesus to die on a cross for our sins so we can be forgiven, so we can have the hope of heaven. But Jesus didn't stop there. He rose again, and now he takes up residence inside of us so that we have the power to live the Christian life. It's not our power. Get this down today. It's his power. The power is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Don't stop short of all the fullness of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Maybe you got saved and your sins are forgiven. Thank God, that's awesome. But don't stop there. Maybe you have some hope in heaven. Thank God you should have, but don't stop there. If you only have hope in heaven, but you have zero hope for this life, you stop way short of the glory of God. The psalmist said, I believe I'm going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Before I die, I have hope for that. So keep pressing into the fullness of what it means to have Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus does not just say to to us, there's a way, walk in it. First of all, he walked it before us to show us the way. But now he wants to walk it out in us and through us. Come on, you got to get this in. You got to get this in you. I know it's hard to grasp sometimes, uh, uh, but when we understand it, listen, it'll change your whole life. You'll quit finding your identity in your job or your education or your friends or your spouse or in anything else. You'll find your identity in Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, listen, Paul explains this and what this means in, in, in depth in Galatians 2.20. Awesome verse. I have been crucified with Christ and I no, no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This passage right here, this one verse, give you four keys of how to live with Christ in you as the hope of your glory. And my points, I'm going to have four points, and they're all going to be just parts of this verse. I've never done this before. I usually have my own point that I come up that rhymes or something. But my, my points are just going to be parts of this verse. Point one, I have been have been crucified with Christ. We all know Jesus was crucified. We know that he was crucified for us. But for you to understand, we were crucified with him. The Bible teaches that we were placed in him. When we're born again, we're placed in him. And, and we're in him so when, when he died, when he was crucified, when he was buried, when he rose again. So not only did Jesus die for us, he died as us. He died in your place. Why do you think when Jesus, they hauled him before Pilate and they made all these accusations of him, against him and, 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 and Pilate asked him, are, 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 are these things through, true? And Jesus didn't answer a word. 
Jacob said, no, 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 that's true. But he wasn't standing there just as him. He was standing there as you. He was standing there as me. He, was stand, he wouldn't be crucified for his own sins. Come on, somebody. He was being crucified for our sins. So whatever they accuse him, that accusation, that guilt was placed upon him. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. We were in him when he was crucified. And so that old man, that old man, that which is the person we were before we were born again, that person is now dead. I know some of y'all don't believe that because that old man seems to be always rumbling around trying to cause problems for you. But you got to remember, I have been crucified with Christ. You've got to have some faith for this today. I'm praying, God, in the name of Jesus, you would give faith to believe your word today, that people would have faith. You would open their eyes and their hearts and their minds uh, to receive. Open our ears. Give us ears to hear, I pray, in Jesus' name. But see, what we're talking about here is more than just having our sins forgiven. It's having a new life. It's having a new identity. It's having resurrection, life, and power. That's why 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, if anyone's in, in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. That's because it was, the old is dead. It was crucified with Christ. That person no longer exists. That's why Colossians 2, 20 says, therefore, if you died with Christ, from the basic principles of the world. Why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to regulation? That's why Romans 6, 5 through 8 says this, and we'll talk more about Romans 6 in a minute. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we'll certainly be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that, listen, this is the reason, so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we would no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. When's the last time you saw a dead man sinning? You know that movie, Dead Man Walking? You know, you ever heard one, Dead Man Sinning? No. If we die with Christ, we believe we also will live with him. Then this phrase, I am crucified with Christ, speaks of something that happens in the past. It's completed in the past, but that past action has present day results. Being crucified with Christ in the past, it has benefits today. It enables us now to walk in the resurrection life and power of God. And, and, and we tend to think of, uh, of just having a changed life, and there's truth to that. But this has more to do with an exchanged life, exchanged life, than just a changed life. Get this down. This is very important. This is my second point. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. Man, that, that, think of that verse. Our life is no longer in the realm of I. Gimme, gimme, me, me, I, I. Our life's no longer in that realm. It's, it's no longer to do with us anymore. It's not the evil eye being changed into a good eye or the filthy eye being changed into the clean eye. It, it is no longer I. It is no longer about I. It's about Christ. Victory has really not that, do, not that much to do with us. Instead, we're exchanging our defeat for Christ's victory. We're exchanging our sin for his righteousness. We're exchanging our death for his life. It's a divine exchange. 
And so many people get stuck here thinking, well, it's so easy for everybody else to overcome, but it's a bit difficult for me to overcome. My problem is worse than everybody else's. My thoughts are so unclean, more than other people. I'm more sinful than other people. I cannot control myself or my desire, to which I say, you know what? You're right. And I would say, you're actually not going far enough in your thoughts about that. Because I believe, not only do I believe it's very, very hard and difficult for you to overcome, I believe it's impossible for you to overcome in your own strength. It's impossible for all of us in our own strength to overcome anything. Overcoming is not about you trying harder to change. Listen, it's about you giving up hope in yourself. We're talking about moving forward in hope. And here I am saying, give up hope. I'm saying, if you're going to move forward in hope, your hope better stop being in you. You have hope, but it needs to be in something greater than you. Uh, your hope needs to be in, in, in Jesus Christ. overcoming is about placing your hope in him rather than in yourself. Thank God that victory is in Christ, not in us. If it's up to us, we're all going to fall. If it's up to to us, none of us will make it. Victory comes when we realize it's no longer me. It's no longer I. It is Christ. And so from now on, there's no sin too great. There's no temptation too great to be understood, to be withstood. Is Is there any sin too great for Christ to overcome? No. Is there any temptation too tough for Jesus to resist? No. Is there any devil too strong for Jesus Christ to defeat? No. In fact, he's already defeated the devil at the cross. He's already defeated sin. He's already defeated temptation. And he continues to do so when we realize it's not us and our faith is no longer in ourselves. Too many people are trying to believe in themselves. Get up. Give up that hogwash about believing in yourself and start believing in Jesus Christ and his power inside of you. This overcoming life is not something that is obtained. It is attained. What does it mean to obtain something? It means I I, I acquire it. I I work for it. What does it mean to attain? It means means to to earn something. And and so we, we, we are given this. We don't earn it. And I might have said that backwards earlier. But it's something that's obtained, not attained. I don't remember what I said, but if I said it wrong, I'm saying it right now. Sometimes I think, what did I just say? Listen, everything we need from God, everything we need is obtained by faith, not by works. It's not achieved, it's received. Listen, get past performance orientation. You get in performance orientation, you're always going to be down. You're always going to be under condemnation. You're never going to be good enough because you are not good enough. That's why you have a Savior. That's why he died for you. And that's why you need to go even beyond believing that to believe that he lives in you and his power within you is enough. 1 Corinthians 1, 30-31 says, You are in Christ who has become for us, listen, wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Christ does not give us wisdom or righteousness or holiness apart from himself. In fact, he is those things in us. 
That's why it says here, boast in the Lord. How are you going to boast in yourself if your wisdom's not from you? How are you going to boast in yourself if your righteousness is not yours? How are you going to boast in yourself if your holiness is not of your earning? How are you going to boast in yourself at all? You only boast in Jesus Christ because he is all those things in you. Christ in you is the hope of glory. It is no longer I, it's no longer me, but it is Jesus Christ. Listen, the I was crucified on the cross with Christ. And when Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross, God included us in his death. Why is that? Because all of us were worthy of death. For all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. We were beyond repair, beyond hope. Listen, listen, Christianity is not a self-improvement program. The cross is not about self-improvement. It's about dying to self. Because self is the problem. By the way, you go in a bookstore and you got all these books on self-help. Self-help. Shouldn't the author be the only one that that book is for? (laughs) Self is the problem. And true change requires dying to self. Living for God requires dying to self. Being willing to help others requires dying to self. And so, so what should we do? What should we do then? If that is a reality, how can we walk out that reality in our everyday life? What does Paul mean when he says you die with Christ? Notice it's past tense. You died with Christ. It already happened. When? On the cross. How? You were in Christ. I told you we'd come back to Romans 6. Romans 6, starting in verse 5. If we have been united with him in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been free from sin. Notice that past event, the past event of the cross has a work in us that's still being accomplished today due to the resurrection, life, and power. Now, if we die with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised for the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. Listen, but the life he lives, he lives for the glory of God in the same way, in the same way. In the same way, get this down. What is the way he's talking about? Jesus was, was bare, died once for all, but he now lives for the glory of God. In the same way, consider yourself dead. Reckon yourself dead. Understand your old man is dead. You're dead to the power of sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin control the way you live so that you obey its evil desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God for you were dead but now you have new life so use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God for sin shall not be your master because you're not under law but you're under grace grace it's not a license to sin does grace mean we sin more? God forbid, the Bible says. Grace is the power to live. It's, it's the power of God to live a holy life for him. If you died with Christ, why are you living like the old man? Why are you living in the world's ways? Why are you still living for the flesh? Listen, sanctification, which is a process of transformation, of becoming like Christ, involves a daily realization. There's a lot of Asians in there. But realizing that we died with Christ, 
And in Christ we have been thou raised from the dead. Daily reformation is the result of daily resurrection. Understanding that every day, today, Christ is in me. He's the hope of glory. Now listen, you can deny yourself all you want to, but extreme self-denial doesn't really get to the real issue, which is your heart. All of man's rules and regulations and techniques and self-help approaches to change really don't bring about heart transformation. They have an appearance of wisdom, appearance of religion, appearance of humility, but they have absolutely zero power to overcome the flesh. They all focus on what you do rather than what Christ has done. And the only way for you to change is to tap into what Christ has done and what Christ is doing in you right now. What he had done, what he has done in the cross, what he is doing through his resurrection life and power. The only way to deal with the flesh is to die to it. Outside cleanup doesn't result in inside change. External rule keeping doesn't change the heart. Behavior modification cannot change the heart. Only the cross and the resurrection power of God can do it. That's why Christ in us is the hope of glory. Thank you. Point three. I no, I no longer live, believe, I'm almost done, even though I'm a point three. These last two are short. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I have no life apart from Jesus Christ. Colossians 3, 4 says, When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Christ doesn't just give us life. Christ is our life. When Christ, who is our life, you, know, you can just read over that, but that's really the big thing. Christ is your life. Christ is your life. The problem with so many people, so many believers, is that don't, they don't see Jesus as their life. They see Jesus as somebody they added to their life. Come on, somebody. Oh, yeah, I, I added Jesus. I, I'm still not doing all the same stuff. I'm still believing all my other stuff. I'm still believing a lot of the same thing. But, but, but I, I just added Jesus to it. Yeah, I, I believe in Jesus. I don't change anything of, of, of my life. I don't give anything up or, uh, for my life. I, I just want to keep living the same life. I just want to add Jesus to, to that life that I'm already living. Brothers and sisters, it does not work that way. Either Christ is the source of your life or something or someone else is. Either Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life or something or someone else is. You'll never experience the power of God in your life as a hope of glory until you die to yourself. You can't keep your sin around and have the hope of glory. You can't keep wanting your old life and have to live the new life. You can't keep finding your identity in your iniquity rather than in Jesus Christ. You've got to come to the place of I no longer live, but Jesus Christ lives in me. And here's the interesting thing. In point four, it almost seems like, wait a minute, he just said I no longer live. Now he says in verse four, the life I live in the body, he's, not, the, 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 he's talking about the old man in that previous part. That, that, that old man is dead, no longer alive, but not the life I now live, the new life, the new man, the new woman of God, I live by faith. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Our new life is a person. The new life is not a thing. The new life is a person. It's the person of Jesus Christ. The new life is a person within your person. Living his life within you. 
living it out for you. And so instead of attempting to live your life by living by a set of rules, we now yield to Christ in us. And we do that by faith. Listen, you got to have faith for this today. I'm calling you to faith today. I'm calling you to have faith that Jesus died for your sins. And, And notice Paul said he gave himself for me. For me. Some people sometimes have problems with some songs, like when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. They say, oh, yeah, Jesus was only thinking about you. He's not saying Jesus was only thinking about you. Paul wasn't saying Jesus only died for me. But you got to get to the place from, from, from Jesus died for the world. you got to get ultimately to Jesus died for me. Jesus died for me. Jesus wants to save me. Yes, he wants to save everyone, but he wants to save me. And now listen, here's the point. Just like you had faith for the forgiveness of sins because of the cross of Jesus Christ, you've got to have faith in the resurrection life of power of Christ in you to provide the power to overcome sin in your life. Just like you had faith in the cross for salvation, you've got to have faith in the resurrection life and power of God in your daily life. And you know that Jesus is your life when no matter what you need, you know that the answer is not you. You know the answer is not in you. You know the answer is in Christ, and Christ is in you. And because Christ is in you, you have the hope of glory. You know that when you have to wait for something, you know that Christ in you is your patience. You know that when you're in a storm, Christ in you is your peace. You know that when you sin, Christ in you is your righteousness. You know that when you need wisdom, Christ in you is your, is your wisdom. You know that when you are hateful, Christ in you is love. You know that when you're hurt by others, Christ in you is your healing. You know that when you are weak, Christ in you you is your power. You know that when you need freedom, Christ in you is your deliverance. You know that when you are lost, Christ in you is your salvation. All your needs are met according to God's riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's why Christ in you is the hope of glory both now and forevermore in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Stand to your feet and give him some praise. Give him some glory for being your glory. For being your hope of glory. Can you rejoice in the glory of God in you? Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Listen, I'm calling you to faith today. If you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, if you've never been to the cross with him, if you don't know that you died with him and that the old man is dead and that you can have a whole new life, you can be forgiven, a clean slate, all that condemnation and guilt gone, a fresh start. Wouldn't you want that? That's why Jesus died. Our prayer team is coming down, and if you've never given your heart and life to Jesus, you've never been born again, we want to pray with you today to do that. If you're watching online, you can pray a prayer right now to do that. And you, can, you can email us. Uh, you can put something in the comments like my decision, and, and we'll get a hold of you. Or you can, you can email prayer at gfc.cc, and we'll pray with you to receive Jesus as your Savior. But here's the other thing I'm calling to you for, all, for many of you who have been born again. Have you ever really placed your faith in Jesus as Christ in you, the hope of glory. Have you ever really placed your faith in him for your daily life that his resurrection power is in you and that you can trust him on a daily life to have the power to overcome sin, to overcome the enemy, to overcome temptation, to overcome everything life throws at you, not because of yourself, but because of him. I'm calling you to put faith in that today. Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray for those who've never given their heart and life to you yet. I pray right now, Lord, that by your spirit, you would draw them unto yourself. Lord, grant them godly sorrow for sin and repentance 
and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, and for those who have trusted you as their Savior, God, but they've never been filled with your Holy Spirit, I pray, God, that you would fill them. And for those who who believed in you and trusted in you, but they've never really placed their faith in you as Christ in them, the hope of glory, Lord, you living out your resurrection life and power in them and through them. I pray, God, that faith would arise right now, a gift of faith, Lord, a gift of faith to believe that Christ in us is the hope of glory and Christ in us is enough. In Jesus' name, amen.